It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vests, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, I have Aaron Flottam. But also, hey, John, what's going on, man? It, it going well? Like it's been, it feels like it's been more than a week since we did our last <laughs> show. I mean, we've had playoffs, we've had baseball, lots of baseball, because guess what? <laughs> our stadium's covered so we can play these games. This yes. is correct, yes. Take, take that, Minnesota. And uh, I just lost stuff draft coming up too. I mean, it's been it's been a busy week. And then Easter, um, uh, I am the world's greatest Peter Cottontail. I'll just say that right now. <laughs> I had those kids on a hunt. We only have a quarter acre lot, but it took them over three hours to find all the eggs, and they didn't find all of them. So there you go. Jeez, I just find I just hide baskets. We don't we don't hide That's eggs. Smart. Um, which, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got so... five kids. I mean, ten eggs each. That's fifty eggs, John. That's it that is be. a logistical nightmare. <laughs> I don't have that much land. Um, yes. I need more land or lose a <laughs> Thomas child. Thomas Jefferson didn't have enough land, wouldn't have had enough land after Ooh. the Louisiana purchase either, John. But anyhow. Oh, okay. I was very worried Sh- where that was going. Shots. Was so shots. worried where that was going. Uh, Aaron, you and I are not alone this week, though. I know. There's a third window. What's All going right. on? Uh, we have back, uh, back by popular demand, obviously, Pete Owen joining us again. Thank you for joining us. Well, good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. It's uh, great to be here on the mothership instead of just kind of a side outcast pod. <laughs> well, right. e- even the uh, the Aaron special is still uh, we consider it to be canon to the the podcast <laughs> lore. <laughs> he, he is right. He, I am an outcast, and I like outcasts, so that works. It's just as good as the uh, the John Solo podcast that I do every now and then when Aaron's uh, Aaron's away and nobody wants to join me. So, uh, yeah. Uh, let everybody, we'll start off just quickly before we forget, cause I will, I will get sidetracked and Aaron will, will sidetrack me and we'll, we'll be everywhere. Um, but you can follow this podcast on Twitter. It's at Scotty Johnny pod, and you can follow me on Twitter as well. I'm at not so humble host, uh, Aaron, but you, uh, I know you're on Twitter. Why don't you introduce your, your Twitter handler to the, all of our, uh, our Belarusian friends, I guess. Belarusian friends. They yes. don't have to listen anymore. Uh, they don't like Belarus. me anymore. You can find me at Cheddar Talk, John, at Cheddar Talk. And uh, before you introduce him, I'd like to remind anybody who uh, didn't catch the, I, I did a, 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 a preseason uh, uh, pre-finals Pre- uh, primer uh, yeah. of the NCAA tournament with Pete a couple weeks ago. Pete, uh, big basketball guy. We refer to him as friend of the show, Pete, when he comes on. I work with Pete, <laughs> and uh, he is a basketball mind. He, When he says the Bucks are his favorite team, they are his favorite team. And like me and John talk Packers, he talks Bucks. And season ticket holders for the Bucks, eat, sleeps, and breathes Bucks. That's that's his bit. So that's why we're happy to have him here because he's got uh, he's got a wealth of knowledge on basketball, Wisconsin basketball. He played against Wes Matthews in high school. Yeah, so and he has that. one of the best Twitter handles. You want to let us know what that is there, Pete? <laughs> well, well, you know, John, actually, uh, in the spirit of trying to get this going for the playoffs, I've uh, started up a new uh, account. I wouldn't call it my burner, but uh, mm-hmm. at Coach Budface. Oh, so yes. As we go- <laughs> I was just following that today now. I'm very excited. 
Yeah, so that... as you go th- as you go through the playoffs, you, you'll see some uh, Bucks takes as well as some of the best uh, face grabs of Coach oh, Bud, I'm who so whether it's a person that um, let's see maybe had too many at a country club and then wandered into a wedding reception or Aaron, <laughs> what would you consider a coach bud face to be? Uh, there, there, there was a, there was a Twitter. There was a tweet last year that sums it up perfectly. Coach bud's face looks like a man who bet way too much money on a game. He doesn't quite understand. <laughs> that's uh, so throughout the playoffs. Perfect. That's, that's exactly it. And throughout the playoffs, you'll see uh, great Coach Bud faces. Maybe I'll throw some captions to them, and I'll throw some Bucks analysis. But you can also find me at Milwaukee's Best, which is my former account. <laughs> yes, fabulous. I'm so glad that's you because I started following that today. I was like, what? This looks awesome. Yeah, uh, it's so almost yeah. as awesome as that cracked out Craig Council. Uh, yeah, that's out there. now I feel really <laughs> alone. Like I need to find some. Maybe after the draft, we'll find something I can go with. With the, I don't know. I'll have to find something, something else I can do with that. Maybe like making a so, uh, Matt Lafleur boy band or something. <laughs> or, or, or you could go Fight Club on the bit and just be like Aaron Rodgers, third finger. Oh, I am Aaron Rodgers, dejected. <laughs> I am Aaron Rodgers, third finger. Yes. Uh, I am Aaron Rodgers, chipped shoulder. <laughs> yes. Spot on. Um, the other thing before we get into actual show, we could do in the the opening here just briefly is uh, the USFL kicked off this week. Did either of you watch it? one quarter i watched several games <laughs> god you are a degenerate man you're you're getting to degenerate status i bet on one of them too it was it was pretty oh, good yeah, I, know. I was in you're, illinois you're, this you're, weekend you're so. texting me hey i'm betting on this game hey i'm betting on that game are we watching the usfl i had to ask which teams they were yeah um the maulers are playing right now as we're recording they're finishing up and they're they're bad but they're the team we should pick because they have three of the four badgers in the league are on the pittsburgh maulers uh, Groshek, uh, John Dietzen, and uh, Olive Sagapalu are all on on the Maulers. Um, who's the one other I one? Saw, I saw. I saw. Oh, there were Chris three Orr. Former... Chris Orr is out there as well. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah, I saw there were I three former Moore. Packers on the Generals. Right, Jeron Moore was one of them. Oh, Jamon Moore. Jeez. Okay. Jeron. Jeron Moore. Is it Jeron? The one, the... Okay. Yeah, he was the one who's drafted the same year as EQ yeah, and at MBS. Uh, yep. MBS. Yeah. Okay. All of who none play on the Packers anymore. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah. That's fine. All right. We'll get into actual stuff. Things that we actually want to hear about, I suppose. Um, things that are actually Wisconsin other than random Badgers playing in the USFL. And we'll do all of that in the segment we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right. So main event is... We're starting basketball. You have to. It's the only league that's in a playoff right now. It, it it needs to take first, you know, center stage. It's the first act. It's the thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> the first thing we're going to do, because we talk about pre-game, pre, uh, I, um, being in Illinois at the time, bet on some of these play-in games. They're the worst. And Pete disagrees with me. Um, and he's going he's gonna to talk me out of this. But the idea that the, like, ninth and 10th place teams don't just watch the playoffs like normal what what's the reasoning for this john when you're watching basketball tournaments at any level there's a few things you look for you look for excitement you look for players being invested and you look for close games i mean those are probably the three paramount things there and as we're watching the play as we're watching the play and games go we saw let's see we saw players crying we saw players jumping on the scorers tables 
and we saw close games. So, and this, mind you again, this is all to face a number one or number two seed. So anytime you see a team go after it, just to get into the meat grinder of a two versus seven, a one versus eight, tell me that doesn't at least give you a nice primer moving into the playoffs and, and getting you a little bit more excited for basketball than you otherwise would be. It's the only thing they have to play for because the eight seed basically doesn't belong in the NBA playoffs anymore either, <laughs> is my feeling. Like, the NBA has kind of broken down and because you know there's five guys on the court and you know five actual starters and then a bunch of you know you got to you need to have some people off the bench but a single player can change the game so much in in, in any single game you know, like what Embiid or Giannis does for these teams um if you're not competing you almost want to be out of everything and there's kind of four teams in each conference that are really in it. and the west is actually a little bigger than that now they're probably about 6 deep but i mean after after a top four, many of these, it's like the second round of the playoffs is the first one where you're like, okay, I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen anymore. I don't know. It's like, um, I'm going to make well, I got a huge well, parlay. Well, there's one yeah. person who agreed with you, uh, okay. and that's Paul George from the Clippers, who I, I oh. don't know that they were serving it in LA at any place, but he God. apparently just took a shot of COVID and was like, let's <laughs> just take this and, and get and get out of the mix because I don't really feel like playing anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did. There was some of that going on. Yeah. What was the one I was watching the other day where I was just like, I'm not really sure who wants. Yeah, the the Pelicans Clippers game, I I watched that thing because I, I you know I was in Illinois and I put money on it and I did it all legally. Everything was fine. Um, but it's just I kept watching that game and it's just like there were different points where it's just like holy cow, there are two well, guys that, on this that, floor that wasn't, who that care. Wasn't the best example of the playing game, the uh, no. Minnesota Clippers game was extremely exciting. Now, okay. granted, in the grand scheme of things, Minnesota was the seventh seed anyways right so it didn't change the seating but uh no that was uh that was that was an exciting game to watch and uh uh to pete's point like i think i had a little bit more it it does seem dumb but and you're (laughs) right it it, because it is like the the last it's 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 like game 163 in baseball now you know to to figure out those last couple seeds in the playoffs and they call it the playoffs but it's not the playoffs but i but unlike baseball um it's 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 one game you're right it can change on a heartbeat like a college basketball game but for the most part it, it really didn't affect the seating anyways except for the clippers are out pelicans yeah. in yeah so but that doesn't matter anyways because they're just gonna get beat up by the by, by the, the suns um, yeah suns anyways so i i agree with pete i think i've i've changed my mind a little bit on the playing games it's it's a little bit more fun it's got that hot it's got that hot uh round of 64 feeling to it going into the playoffs it the difference you're not gonna change that, your mind are you <laughs> i don't know i'm not on it yet you guys haven't given me the things that, that i would need to change my mind so i mean the big thing is it's a you fun were gambling inter- on it john you had money on it oh i'm betting really? with the blackhawks right now and, and they are anthony, garbage and anthony edwards, edwards were jumping on a table getting the crowd pumped up for huh. a playing game to be number seven how crazy is that i mean yeah here's it's it's basically like the fun ride of saying congratulations you're in the middle of the pack here's some fun games for you before we throw you to the suns and i get that those were fun but i mean for a playoff it's it's i don't know i mean it's basically just trying to find a way to make sure la lakers stayed you know part of this conversation as long as possible or as many cities as possible which like baseball's been trying to do but baseball used to have like Hey, congratulations! You had the best record in the National League. You're just going to go to the World Series now. That was the entire playoff, and and now they've added some. Where now they're up to 
five teams, 10 teams out of 30. And the NBA is at 10 teams in each 15 team conference. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just well, it's a just lot. Like, we have a team with a losing record NHL. that it's is like in NHL. Like when the stars made it in 90 or in 1988, they were the last place in their conference. I think going into the playoffs, the stars, this, what? Yeah, NHL back in the day, everybody got in the playoffs. <laughs> Remember that? Well, there are 10 teams. Yeah. Yeah. I they know. stopped doing that though. Once there were more than 10 teams. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just saying that's 100. Yeah. percent Well, no. When there were eight teams, there were four teams went to the playoff because that's why they throw an octopus on the ice because it was four wins to win the Stanley Cup. When there were eight uh, teams, the original six and whatnot. When they were, like I have eight, learned something today. You didn't know that's why they threw an octopus octopus no, in there. They just, I thought they like calamari. I'm not in the NHL as you are, John. It was actually Anyways, the fun part hey, let's is talk yeah. about, let's talk Come about on. let's talk about the team that won yeah, yeah. the other day. Yeah. Won the other day? I don't know. Yeah. Um, who won the other day? No, the Bucks did. The, 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 the T Wolves. <laughs> yeah, the T Wolves. The T Wolves uh, did. They beat Memphis in the first in the first game. Yeah. No, yeah. the Bucks in their rock fight with the uh, Bulls yesterday. That got weird. The Bucks came out so hard and so fast, and just at halftime, I was like, "Well, this is here we go." And then just the third quarter, I was like, "What? What is happening here? This is." It was very strange. Pete, I, I want, uh, this is my first question, I guess. Well, I, I have some answer to this, but I want to hear from you. Why is Giannis out so much in the fourth? Foul trouble. Right. I mean, it is the simplest answer. But, you know, right now, I think Coach Bud is still working through his, oh, okay, I got to get into my playoff lineups now. I don't have to limit Giannis's minutes. And, you know, we can talk, you know, races, MVP races, and all that stuff later. But, like, he is per minute just on top of everybody else in the league in terms of his overall production. But, I mean, obviously he was bad in a little bit of foul trouble. Uh, but third quarters, you know, as we've seen throughout the year, have been this team's downfall. It's like they take some melatonin, you know, at, at halftime, and then they're, they're reminded <laughs> to wake up in the fourth quarter and really get after it again. True. Because and, and it played out again this time. And, you know, as we're looking at this team kind of gear up for the playoffs, they're they're healthier than, they, than most teams. You know, they're primed. They're ready to go. But, again, we're just stealing – dealing with with these third quarters and frankly uh in the pod that did not take uh, that aaron and i had is i said i, well, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost uh if they lost mm-hmm. game one i mean we, we've seen that happen in a few series they lost game one against atlanta last year and sometimes after a break they've just came out a little bit lackluster yeah they did i mean they also sat everybody for the the last game of the season for the most part and then they didn't play for a week so, mm-hmm. I mean, they had like eight days, I think, where they weren't playing, any of the starters at least. Mm-hmm. They came out hot, which is actually the weird part, I guess, because, you know, nobody started. They came out hot and then fell back. They actually lost the second and third quarters, 22-17 mm-hmm. and 28-23. And then, like, the weirdest fourth quarter ever, just nobody decided to play anymore. It was 19-15 to in the fourth quarter. Like, just nobody was making shots in that fourth quarter. It felt like the Bulls could have walked away with that at any number of points in that fourth quarter, if they could hit a shot. Well, and a couple, well, and, a couple and points about the fourth quarter, too. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I was just going to say, so the first thing is that uh, I heard someone mention today, too, that maybe Bud was pulling Giannis out towards the end there because it was looking like it was going to line up to maybe be an overtime game. And if he falls out in regulation, he's not available for overtime. So that was maybe why that play was made. So I thought that was a very interesting take, and I think that makes probably the most sense. And then me and Pete were talking about earlier today, there was a stretch there, like when it was 64 to 64, then to get to 75 to 75, it felt like it took half an hour real time 
to get there. And that was between the third and fourth quarters. It was ridiculous. Right. They were, oh, you looked it up, huh? <laughs> well, so as yeah. you're going through it yesterday and you're talking about that stretch where they were just slogging it out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of actual game time, it was a 74-75 game uh, at uh, 10-20 left in the third quarter. Uh, and that lasted until 7.26, or I'm sorry, in the fourth. And it lasted until 7 minutes, 26 seconds. And then in terms of like real time, it was uh, 7.33 uh, p.m. And it wasn't until uh, 7.41 p.m. that real time, the score actually changed. So if you were not on your seat, just kind of wondering, like, when are we going to break through this? I mean, it, that was a pretty stressful uh, eight minutes or so there. I mean, what did you think? It was, they weren't, they were, it was, it was as if, as if everyone forgot because the defense is playing just fine, but, and, you know, and then on top of it too, you know, I get, I, I know I, me and me and Pete got into this, uh, about Britain Forbes last year. And I was starting to think it like with Grayson and, uh, um, Connington in the game yesterday, at some point they're just hucking threes and they're missing them. And I'm like, come on boys. Like, all right, this isn't, this is, this is like Nick Foles on the sideline and the bears last year. It isn't working, you know, like let's get in, let's make some baskets inside. Cause if you're just <laughs> hucking threes, you're making zeros. I mean, I think they were combined a one, one for 10 between the two of them. Uh, yeah. They, they combined for uh, three points. And I think over 40 minutes played between, uh, between the two of them, which, which we aren't going to see. And, and if you talk about roster composition, and this is you know one of the things that we had talked about before uh, in uh, in the pod that will never be unmasked uh, <laughs> due to technical difficulties. When you look at the Bucks roster, you know, I mean, Aaron, how many players do you think have suited up? I guess I'll throw this out to Aaron and John. I mean, how many players do you think have played for the Bucks this year? At least twenty-three, right? How many do you think, John? Eight. The I was going to say probably eighteen to twenty. Trying to think uh, now that several people got on and had to leave, and a couple of people oh yeah, I mean, lost ten day contracts too in the middle. Yeah. And Boogie for some reason not on the team. Yeah, <laughs> just hanging out. Uh, somewhere. It was a total of twenty nine. Twenty nine. Twenty nine players have have logged in, and I don't know if uh, you, what the record is for the NBA for most players playing within a season, but this has been a very interesting way of trimming the roster in terms of making sure that players are healthy and ready to go. And I and mm-hmm. I think too as we're not going to see these types of games from Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton throughout, especially Connaughton who's gone through the playoff. Uh, he's gone through the playoffs before he knows what it looks like. Mm-hmm. But the way I'm facing, I'm looking at this is I think overall the roster is better as we're starting this playoff run right now than it was last year. And I also think the players that are on the roster are also better than they were last year. Uh, and we've had a few roster changes uh, even going into the last couple weeks of the season but right now, I think we're at a point where we know that everyone can play. Uh, we, you know, we saw Javon Carter come in there and get real minutes for the Bucs. Uh, and he was a person who was on the buyout market after uh, Brooklyn let him go in some of their roster moves. But I would say, you know, one through 14, the Bucs are better. And even the players that they have are all players that are capable of getting minutes. There's no Axel Tupain or Sam Merrill who were just kind of eating up those last Sam couple spots. Merrill. Um, so no, and, uh, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly about the, uh, the roster and just little things too, like, uh, um, Bobby going mm-hmm. into the playoffs last year was really a nobody. If you remember, like going into the playoffs, like Bobby had been on the team and had some flashes, but he was the backup for going into the playoffs. Bobby made his name in late season playoffs last year. This year, Bobby's the, the four, you know, like he's, he's not he's not the backup. He's a main part of the program. And that's because he's gotten so much better. 
So, I mean, just like internally too. And Giannis has gotten better. I mean, the dude's shooting from all over the place. Yeah. Um, I'm on non-speaking terms about Chris Middleton after game one right now. Um, and then uh, Drew's still playing defense. I mean, you expect that from Drew with sometimes he gets hot, sometimes he doesn't. But uh, but as but overall, like, you're right. P- Pete's right. Like, down to, like, the f- uh, 15th player, like, they're way more solid. You don't just have fillers on the bench that are only going to come in when you're up or down by 20 at the end of a game. Right. And even if you look at West West Matthews this year, uh, what do you think? Uh, and I think he's going to be the player who the Bucks are looking at to play that PJ Tucker role. Yeah. And if you're just looking at size, I mean, what do you think the height, the size differences between West Matthews and PJ Tucker? Well, Wes is probably taller, maybe not as heavy. I don't think he's yeah heavy. I would say he's not quite as heavy. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't know what the height difference. Yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, they're both six five, and, and okay, you know, West Matthews has looked good laterally. And, you know, he knows what his role is as he's coming out there. And the Bucks were able to, uh, you know, pick him on, you know, off the scrap heap. But uh, and willing to give up a player who has a higher upside, uh, who was their second round draft pick this year. But the, I think the focus of this team has been who can we pick up that will eat up minutes in the playoffs. And one of the things that we talked about before is a lot of people are probably going to throw shade at the Serge Ibaka pickup because there's a lot of affinity towards uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, he was, you know, a, a good player for a couple of years with us. But when you have a player like Brooke Lopez, who has lots of miles on him, he's in his 30s. He's a seven foot human and about 280 <laughs> pounds. Uh, it makes sense. And who has a bad back issue. It makes sense to, you know, shore that up and get insurance there versus having more uh, uh, insurance over on uh, over on the wings. And I think, you know, the way that they've rounded out this roster looking forward i mean i think we're better postured this year than we were last year to make a run brooke did look great the other night though he was he's he besides john besides Giannis, who always is there always shows up uh brooke definitely uh was the shining star beyond Giannis on sunday so he turned into white shack again a couple times there so Ma- i say matthews looked good under rosen uh drew holiday looked very good on defense everywhere which is good because kind of like you know aaron was just saying uh Chris and Drew didn't particularly shoot the way you'd want to see in a, in a game like this, but I guess the big takeaway, the best part of it as a takeaway is this was roughly as bad as this team's looked in quite a while. Oh, absolutely. Um, they played terribly, uh, and Giannis is in foul trouble, and they still won. Winning ugly is a still win, you know? And, and part of it, too, is like who's comfortable – when it gets ugly and it gets dirty. And I think that's one of the things that we're going to see throughout the playoffs, right? Is when the game changes and it's not up-tempo and it's getting bogged down, who has the tools to be able to push it past? And we saw the Bucks get into that last year. I mean, the Bulls averaged 112 points uh, this year, and they were in the top half of the NBA in terms of scoring. And so, yeah, the Bucks didn't quite hit their usual scoring mark, but who was further off was actually the Bulls. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, believe it or not, Zach Levine's first playoff game. So yeah, <laughs> he, he's not going to get worse probably throughout the playoffs, mm-hmm. but this will um, this will be a good run. And I'm I pretty much I, I think it's hard to go eight and against the team, but uh, we'll see what happens in this first round. John, what are your thoughts? Where do you think the series finishes at? I I do think they'll probably sweep this team. Um, I think the Bulls kind of want to the, the thing I say about a lot of basketball is sometimes it's easy to get a half out of a team. Uh, it, it, and this is a thing I've noticed in you know, college and pro. It, it, sometimes even in the NFL, 
It's easy to be up for a half. It's easy to let your emotion carry through for half, but eventually, uh, when the difference in rosters is this big, um, especially you know, like what the Bulls look like right now at this point in the season, um, just the Bucks roster is so much better at this point than what the Bulls are, and I think that they they will. I mean, if they win four one, I really won't be surprised or shocked or scared or concerned about this team. Uh, but I think that this is this is one where I I, I would almost expect that they'll sweep this Chicago team because I think once they get up to nothing because I think the next game they'll be sharper than they are in this first one because they look bad um, and then uh, you know I think that they'll they'll start getting into Chicago's confidence getting six straight on a team <laughs> you know then they're just trying to see if they can take one of the two home games basically at that point right I think that that's where they are I think they the way they've been talking about this game too I don't think the Bulls think they can win this I think they think they're trying to get one and make it fun, but they yeah, don't have just, the, just, just, just one. So they don't get completely swept by the, the bucks who there's nobody like out there saying bulls and six. Like they'd like to bring up the nineties and six championships <laughs> and how the bucks are the little bros up North. And uh, yeah, they're just going to have to scrap to get one for pride. I think at this point. So, all right. I got a big question for everybody. Though. Um, Alex Caruso, a obnoxious player or most obnoxious player. I've, I've really I know, started I, to hate him. I don't know. Ky, Kyrie kind of took the most obnoxious player during his post game yesterday. If you watch, he's that at least at got all, some, so. t- or during the in game too. I mean, it was ridiculous. And Trey Young, I love him, but he's pretty obnoxious too. They have actual talent that, like Caruso. The, I don't know. They were fawning over him in the uh, the game time. Like he is really getting in Giannis's head. I'm like, he's what dominating the game from the defensive side. I, I just, was like. Come I, like, on, I don't please. know if we're watching this game together anymore. Um, Janice was 10 from 19 for the field for <laughs> 20, what, 29 and 17? Was like, it? Yeah. Somebody like, else knocked just, the ball away, but Caruso the, the influenced bulls, but Caruso it. shut him down. And it's like, shut up. There was one where somebody else turned the ball over, and they're like, well, Caruso was around and influenced that play. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I mean, that can happen in a game, you know, but that's not what had happened. <laughs> and and the fact that, like, I'm not the biggest Grayson Allen fan. Aaron and I have talked about this. Uh, I, I want him to succeed on the box, obviously. But he's um, our punchable face now. He is. He, he's he's our punchable face, and a lot of teams have a guy like that. But I mean, like, his foul on Crusoe is such a fluke foul. Like, he hits both his hands. He doesn't hit him in the face or anything. He's going up for a block. Hits his hands. It's a foul. Caruso then falls like the awkward ragdoll that he is. Um, he's like a misshapen person. Um, he just wasn't put together right. Uh, a soul-shaped hole forgotten by God, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, he fell to the floor awkwardly and broke his hand on the floor. Like, yeah, you fell badly. And everyone's like, we need to hit him in the face. And then the Bulls <laughs> did. They twice hit him, Grayson Allen, right in the face. And then they're like, we did it. Like in it, games that they Thomas lost. Even Thomas Sadoransky did it when they're playing against the uh, against the uh, Wizards, uh, who had been a bull the year prior. I mean, everyone's getting their pieces on. on That's weird. Allen. Like he, and, that and foul isn't that bad a foul. It was strange. It, it, it wasn't. It, it would be a, a non-issue had it, had he popped up. And and Grayson Allen. I mean, he's my number one pet peeve when it comes to you know, especially white players in NBA is like when they, when they laud their hustle. And I'm like, that's just like, come on, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it's just like the token thing that, that people say. And I'm like, whenever you're getting away from that, you know, he, he's he's an athletic player. I think he has a, a really solid vertical. 
But same with Pat Connaughton, whenever anybody yeah. lauds his hustle, like he's a legitimate athlete. So you don't have, just have to say they're great he's, hustle players. He's a white athlete. He's a yeah, hustle it, guy. That's what they say. It's but the, no, the thing no, people we say, talked, we, we talked about it during the season now when Grayson yeah. Allen first came over. Yeah. Pete was he came over uh, to my desk and was showing me a video <laughs> of Grayson Allen winning the slam dunk contest in high school. Like, because people don't realize that the guy can jump and he oh, can yeah. jump, you know, like well, he's, he's a very an good all athlete. athlete. He's not, he's not just the, he's not just the, the, the cocky white guy who shoots from the outside. No, he's, <laughs> no. he's he can get well, in there. He's a basketball well, player. You know, as, as we're saying, you know, these names, right? We're saying Grayson Allen, Alex Caruso, and you even touched on Kyrie. I mean, can we have a playoffs that are one or two games in that have more heels that are just like stealing all, <laughs> yes. all of the lines right now? I mean, this is a great way to kick off. I mean, and then Bev. Yeah, MB is Pat such a this fake is tough guy. Oh God, Buck Bucks versus Nets and Kyrie and KD double clothesline. Grayson Allen going up for a layup. Yeah, that'd be yes. Bring it. I'm I'm big on the WWE, so let's let's yeah. do that. I, yeah, all on. All right. And, and and I guess to look a little bit, you know, forward. I mean, you never want to look too far forward. But one of the things that we had talked about in in the podcast that that'll never be unmasked is how this series uh, could be the best series between uh, Brooklyn and Boston. And I think we got a nice taste of that during the, during this weekend. But obviously anyone who's probably listening, you know, at least saw clips of that game and what that, what that's going to lead to. But I'm, I, I'm excited to watch this series almost the same way I am in the Buck series. I was really saying before we got started, before the, the playoffs got started, I was like, Aaron, I think this Boston's going to be this year's nets for the Bucks. Mm. It's going to be the second round series it's likely to be the worst series for us. Um, well, that and that's and that's what Chuck Barkley was saying on the post game too. After that <laughs> Boston Nets game was that, or was it no Stephen A. One of oh, geez, Stephen A. Come on, either way, one one of the two. But no, Stephen A. is good for a good point every once in a while. But Basketball's basically, it was that Kate, yeah. KD, Kate, Oh no, it was Chuck because KD and Kyrie have to play perfect and they have to play unbelievably every single game. That's okay. how thin their margin of error is. And so KD played okay the other night, and they lost by one. Yeah. I mean, to Pete's point, talk about even matchup. They were tied at halftime and won <laughs> by one. I mean, that's as tight of a game as you're going to get without going to overtime or working into a tie. It was so KD missing the three that set up yeah. that layup, too. And it's like nobody will ever I mean, give even, him Even if the Nets it. get out of the first round, these two teams are going to beat the ever-living snot out of each other. Like, this thing's going to go six, seven games, mm-hmm. and the Bucks are probably going to get done in five games, you know, five, six, six highly six tops, right? And that's not going to – that'll be not a hard six either. But these two teams are going to womp the snot out of each other, just like the Bucks <laughs> and the Nets did for six – for uh, seven games last year. And it's going to be – the Bucks are gonna get are gonna benefit from that because I really do think that the Bulls are gonna you know the Bulls might show up for one more game here but I really you could tell by the body language towards the end of that game they were already starting to give up a little bit so I think this works out well for the Bucks um, yeah and I, I think it is the series and think about that like the the two best series are gonna be um, this first round and then you know we can say this now because our team's better but like we're expecting the bucks <laughs> to get out the second round versus those two teams which of the, oh, yeah. those two teams is going to be the second best series until yeah. the finals <laughs> yeah like, probably because i don't see who on the other side of the bracket i mean is going to give the bucks or the celtics or even the nets any problems in the eastern conference finals i really don't i mean, i think as you look at the bracket man i think the four toughest teams you know you have Boston, the Nets, 
the Bucks and the Suns. You know, the, the Suns yeah. should be able to pretty much roll through the West. Uh, there's right. going to be some star watching uh, yeah. on that side, but there's really not going to be a <laughs> lot of competition as as they roll through. Uh, I'm excited to watch the T pups against uh, against Memphis. I mean, two just dynamic athletes. But uh, <laughs> overall, I mean. It, it's going to be the East that's going to really be uh, the team to watch. That, or, uh, that's will that, be the that, side to watch. Yeah. That Tim that Timberwolves Memphis series is two of the guys who are going to probably be the the two best players in the NBA in about five years, if yeah. not a little bit sooner. Between John yeah. Morant and uh, Ant uh, Anthony Edwards, those two are unbelievable. And we'll you know, and the... it shows how little the Timberwolves are covered because in those in that playing game, like national television you could tell the announcers didn't realize how good anthony edwards was they had no idea <laughs> and then he's out there and he's he's a man among boys and that is not carol anthony town's team that is anthony edwards team and mm-hmm. sadly pat bev's team too cat <laughs> is cat's wearing on a lot of people's nerves man he spends more time out on the court yelling at refs than actually playing Ant just goes out there and just he's got the hustle man he's yeah he's something else but is yeah, it, no, the Suns, the Suns, like the Pelicans, nice story. I like it. Yeah, but, you know, the Suns, after the after the Pelicans kind of got back in it last night, Chris Paul went, okay, enough of this stuff. <laughs> Booker Booker's on another plane right now. He's better than the player we saw in the finals last year. Um, good, yeah. I mean, I, I don't foresee the Suns getting knocked off by anybody. And then in the East, I mean, the the it's not guaranteed the Bucks are going to make it out of the East for sure, no. but – they definitely they've got the I think they've got the best roster for it. I, I don't trust the Heat. Definitely don't trust the 76ers. No. Don't trust the Raptors. And I really think I really think so, the three best teams are on the one half of the bracket right now, and two of them are playing each other right somewhere now. Somewhere Harden's gonna ruin that team. Just oh, you know, yeah. in oh, the next yeah. week. <laughs> it's just gonna happen. It's, it's gonna go nuclear. You're just gonna hear a what was that? That was uh oh, that was Philadelphia. Got it. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be strange. Yeah, no, I feel very good about the Bucks. Going in here, the one that's going to be the hardest is going to be this one, you know, the, the next series, I think. And then the finals, I don't know. I mean, the Suns team is, they are out for blood. Um, that'll be a real interesting team to watch down the way. But I like I agree with you, Pete. I think they're just going to roll through the West. Um, the West has some nice teams, but um, that, that Suns team is just, I mean, with the inside-outside, three real stars, um, you know, with, with Aiton and, and Booker and Paul and a lot of other really nice players in there. Cam That's Johnson a, is no slouch either. Yeah. That kid yeah. can play too. There, and, there's a, and Mikel Bridges, who was out there for defense, yep, defense Bridges, player of the year. Yeah. He did and, really well. Yep. Yeah. That he's, team is taking a crazy. big step forward and, uh, you know, they've managed to do it all without Frank Kaminsky. Did, did Bridges finish second in the, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice shot. I got that. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, did, did Bridges finish second in the DPOI? I, I think he did. Uh, Giannis finished sixth. It, it, it might, it might have been Gobert as number two. Oh, I mean, Gobert. when uh, they were up there, and, and I'll and, and I'll call us out uh, for the pod that'll never be heard. But uh, <laughs> when you're talking about the defensive player of the year, it you know I referred to it as the uh, big man award, which you know <laughs> at this at, at the time we we're recording, Marcus Smart has been uh, been announced for it. But I was mm-hmm. looking at it as just being you know Rudy Gobert because his arms are seven foot nine, <laughs> and he, said... regardless of if he switches on any screens or not throughout a whole season, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, I was I was surprised to see the second point guard uh, ever. You know, him and Gary Payton are the only ones yeah, that have ever Payton, taken that one. Payton showed up to give it to him today. Oh, sweet. That's <laughs> it's awesome. the last guard to win any of it. So it's like, huh. well, well, in, in in truth about Rudy Gobert too, you know how the joke is. He is 
he is the only person that shut down everybody in the league all at once. So maybe he is the best <laughs> defensive player ever. I'm going to... We we need to definitely do our best to mythologize the the podcast that never was like a King Arthur of podcasts. <laughs> so like it was really good. The once and future podcast. The one and, that and was... honestly, God, we could have probably posted the second half of it, but the the but Pete's audio for the first half, I couldn't compress it out, <laughs> and it sounded just it was it was hard to listen to, and I was just I couldn't I couldn't fix it. I couldn't fix like, it. I'm sorry. John. The podcast so good, God would not go age on. well. Uh, on that one was uh, I had Tyrese Maxey. Uh, and Jordan Poole, uh, both as my most improved uh, in terms of the running for that. Okay. And I think I was right because we saw the first couple of games of the playoffs. However, uh, the voters did not agree with those takes. Right. Who uh, neither uh, were in the top three, which, you know, I felt when it comes to most improved, I follow uh, Drew Holiday's lead. And I'd probably put Giannis up for it, but it's very difficult to put a two-time MVP up for most improved player. <laughs> right. No, and it's like we talked. This is another thing we talked on the pod that would not be is that is is Giannis now officially in LeBron territory, where he probably is the MVP every year, but they're not going to give it to him because they can't just give. Remember how that was with LeBron for the longest time? It was like, well, LeBron's the best player in the league, but we're going to give it to Kevin Durant this year because he had a slight statistical edge, even though LeBron was carrying Cleveland on his back, you know, for a couple of years there. So I I feel like Giannis is almost starting to fall into that category where it's like, yeah, he can go for 30 and 15 and five assists every game. and It's not going to matter. Yeah. They're, they're gonna they're gonna find somebody else to give it to. They'll give it to Jokic because oh, Jokic carried his whole team this year. Okay, yeah, good job. So. He did, I mean, he did well. It was very good this year. But yeah, hey. all right. Hey, before Pete goes, I do have to ask one question. Even though the Bucks won in an ugly fashion, and uh, I, I I do have some concerns. And this goes back to last season too. We all love him. Um, he's uh, he's been with Giannis forever on the Bucks, but. I, I find it a bit concerning that a max contract player like Chris Middleton has this innate ability to just disappear for entire games. Not like, not like, you know, Connington and Grayson Allen, like we were discussing earlier, if they disappear for a game, whatever, they're the backup guys. If drew doesn't score, that's his bit. He's still going to get assists. Drew has off shooting nights, but it just it feels like and this did happen down the stretch last year too in a couple games now in the finals he was mostly there for most of the games and but i mean middleton you could have told me he didn't play on sunday and i would have believed you and is this concerning to anybody else that someone who's a max contract second fiddle on a defending nba championship team just absolutely just disappears no he's a shooter is my thought. The shooters shoot, and he, he he didn't lose his confidence. He kept shooting, just had an off day. That's just the the nature of but of it real shooters. Off, it and, seems more and, off. And, you know, the, the Bulls are wing heavy though too. And and if you're looking at the matchups and where those buckets going to come from, you can look at across the line. And granted, he was matched up against Mikhail Bridges, but he was feeling himself in the finals last year, and it was, and it was a nice run. But uh, when it comes when you look at matchup to matchup. I mean, I think the Bulls do defend a lot better on the wing, and that's one player that they have the capability to at least, you know, deny some looks from. I mean, they have no, but they have no answer for Giannis, uh, especially without Ball. Uh, sure. Drew Holiday is going to be able to get his mo- most of the time, and I think it's, uh, you know, tough for uh, probably Brigadier General Billy Donovan uh, to be able to go out there and uh, and, and find uh, a way to to stop those other two. 
but uh, Chris Middleton's always going to be there. And I did want to throw that out intentionally because, you know, being, uh, you know, having a military nexus to this. I mean, <laughs> when you look at Billy Donovan, do you not just see like the stereotypical, like Lieutenant General, I suppose, at this age? Yeah, I know. He's the next, <laughs> he's the next tag of the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, just the sharp haircut, you know, the, yes. uh, you know, everything about his like facial expressions, the way he carries himself. You're like, wow, was he a three star? And then he just decided to go into coaching. What, what happened? Moments here? where he looks actually angry, where generals just kind of like, you go take care of that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the, the the patent type general, not the actual general. You just walk um, up, walk up. Okay, yeah, yeah. Somebody else well, have this. Well, who's the who's the coach out in Utah, Pete? Quinn Snyder. Yeah, the antithesis of what a general would look like. That dude looks like he just did a couple rails and showed up in the game. But yeah, yeah he, he's more like an Atticus Finch uh, who just coming off a nice. bender. Yes. Here we go. We got army, and we've also got uh, got some lawyer stuff here. This is good. I'm loving this. Hey, who? Hey, the other day uh, you had me in your office. You showed me a picture of a college coach. You said he was the t- a prototypical coach. He looked like a coach. Do you remember who that was? <laughs> wow. Oh. It was one of the. It was one of the tournament teams. Was it St. Pete's coach? I mean, if it's, uh, I don't think it was. Uh, oh, I'm sorry to put you on the spot like that. Geez. I remember it was one of the tournaments. What Aaron like, does. Look yeah. at look at this look at this dude. This dude looks like a college coach, like just about about 20 pounds overweight. Looks like he can still shoot the three pretty good. He'll get down there and he'll uh, he'll 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 run the he'll run the post on you. He'll he yells when he has to, but he's got five kids, four girls and a boy, so he's pretty beat down. <laughs> But he's got a good haircut, and he dresses you know, nice for the games. It, it, it could be uh, the coach from Memphis too. He he, he definitely fits that bill. Um, okay, I, I, I'm blanking on his name, but and not, not Anthony Hard, uh, Hardaway, the uh, the coach. Um, oh, um, yeah, uh, David. Shoot, yeah, he's supposed to pitch Pistons. No, no he, he's, he's the young coach. Uh, oh, okay. for, uh, for for Memphis, who's uh, getting his first look. Uh, Oh. Uh, this year, and he's up for coach of the year. I mean, he's going to lose it to Monty Williams because you know it's a two-year award uh, when it comes to some of these things. Yeah. Where uh, Monty Williams had had the great run last year, but uh, came up a little bit short, and he yet follows it up with another great season. So I don't think there's anything that's going to stop him. But it's uh, it's Taylor Jenkins from the Memphis Grizzlies, who I think should be number oh. two for coach of the year. But he does. It's not the one that Aaron and I were talking about, but he has that stereotypical look of like. Yeah, if you roll the ball out there, yeah, I'm a, I'm a couple pounds over what I what I like to be on my playing <laughs> weight, but but I can still knock a few down and yeah. maybe throw a couple of elbows and get, mix it up some. Let me let me, show, let me show you how to do that, son. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get me a ball. <laughs> nice. All right, well, thanks for joining us again, Pete. It's uh, good to have somebody else here to tell me what's up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fun. Thanks again for having me. And then uh, I guess for anybody else uh, who's interested in Bucks takes and uh, – some of the best screen grabs I can get of uh, Coach Bud throughout <laughs> the year. You can follow me at Coach Budface. Uh, nice. Will be where you can find me. And uh, I'm going to try to divest from uh, Milwaukee's best to just keep it all on sports for, uh, <laughs> for there for the rest of the season. Nice. Thanks again, gentlemen, for having me. Yeah, we'll yeah sure see, we'll have see, you again. See you sometime in the second round there, Pete. Okay. <laughs> all, right. all right. Take care, guys. Yep. Bye. Yeah. All right, Aaron. I guess you know, the next thing we can move on to is that we, we actually have some baseball. We, we, you know, we haven't had Wendy on yet. Um, we're efforting. We'll work something yeah. at some point. Uh, it's Wendy's was it her birthday today? My days are all kind of one. No, it's today. Yeah. Today is Wendy's birthday. So uh, happy birthday, Wendy. I sent her the, um, if anybody else watches Community, um, the, the uh, Donald Glover character is um, 
he's supposed to, he's Troy Barnes. He's uh, Jehovah's Witness, so he doesn't celebrate birthdays. So they try to have a birthday oh. party for him. And so they do the joke, like they come, they cut in and the opening scene is to you. And they're like, that was weird. Why didn't we, why did we only sing the last two words? Like you didn't come in partway through the song. They only sang the last two words. <laughs> and they're like, well, he doesn't celebrate birthdays. He's Jehovah's Witness. And they get him a cake, which says greetings on a day. What was it? Greetings on a day, which numerically coincides with your expulsion from a uterus. <laughs> Such a, no, of course. <laughs> greetings with a random dessert. Uh, that's right. It's a random dessert on a day which numerically coincides with your expulsion from uterus. And he's like, guys, yes. I never cry. <laughs> so I sent her that picture of that because it's Fantastic. such a ridiculous cake. Childish, childish Gambino is yep. great. He is. He's something else. Yeah. So well, the Brewers win today, uh, and uh, I would have. Oh, did they? I didn't even. I didn't even see the end of it because I was getting ready for the show. Yeah. So, yeah, so won, huh? okay. Yeah, and this is where we'll start with this. Is Yelich hits his first home run of the season today? It's a grand it's slam. Oh. He, he comes in bases loaded, hits a grand slam. Look, his, his velocity numbers have been fine. Uh, he's been hitting at people, but to a certain extent, that doesn't matter. If you hit at people all year long, you're not good, right? right. So, like, it's a right. year of not getting hits. You have to be like um, Tony Gwynn and hit it where the people aren't. Yeah. Hit it to that six hole. The fact that they're also kind of playing him pull a little bit more uh, bothers mm-hmm. me because that means he's definitely trying too hard. Because um, they started off the season playing him spray because they mentioned, mentioned yeah. that coming out of spring training is that they're playing him a little bit more straight away. Excuse yeah, me. he's he's but a sort yeah, of player who normally can do that. Ball, that means that he's starting to get into his bad habits that were haunting him last year too. Yeah, so he hit the one. It it was to right field. Um, you know, he's lefty, so I mean, I guess it was kind of pulled. But I mean, it, he didn't really hang in and pull that. It was a pitch down the middle of the plate, and he hit it to kind of right center. All right. Um, he uh, the big thing is it's baseball. Like it's it's such a small sample size to start off with. It's it's a long long season um they weren't hitting for the first several games they just weren't and everybody was starting to just get all we talked about this last week they're getting all antsy everybody's just just, oh geez he smoked that thing oh yeah he destroyed that ball um that that was pretty much the end of that pittsburgh pitcher for the day he was not finding the strike zone at all uh he walked adamas to load the bases after he had was it um colton wong scored i think on a Pass ball. No, I'm sorry. He Colton Wong hit one. That was yesterday. Um, but yeah, they he gets a, a deep sack fly. So his runners are second and third, two outs. Adamas comes up, walks, and then they go on and you know he drives the ball out of the park, makes it six one. That's the final. But yeah, we're starting to get a little hitting today. I mean, this is a team to get healthy against. You're, you're playing the Pirates, who are not particularly good. The Brewers started off. They I, think, I think they're supposed to be dead last in the MLB this year. Right. So, I mean, essentially at this point, you you lost a series on the road to the Cubs. Come back, take two out of three to finish the road series, you know, three and three. You started six games on the road, went three and three. That's fine. It happens. Um and then after that, they ended up going to play the Cardinals at home. They get the, f- the first one. They lose two in a row, win the last one, split with the Cardinals. Which, who, that's that's how it's going to be with the Cardinals this year, too. Yeah. That's, so. that's Cardinals, the Cardinals legitimately have four Hall of Famers on their team right now. Now, one's at the very end one's of his 83. career. One's almost at the end, and Arenado is in his prime. But, you know, it's... Yeah, and Goldschmidt is still very good. Pujols oh, being I, back. Pujols... Yeah. 
Um, he'll hit three or four home runs after he actually dies is my, uh, <laughs> and it'll be against the Brewers too. That's why I they said will the, Brewers always... should, the Brewers should assign Pujols, not even to be their starting first baseman, but just so he wouldn't torch the Brewers. <laughs> Cause of course he hit a three run shot right down the left field line. Of course he did. Why yeah. wouldn't he? It's, yeah. it's Albert Pujols. That's what he does. He destroys the Brewers. Yeah. But either way, the Brewers managed to get out of that. Uh, Lauer pitched a very good game today and, um, Corbin Burns was not good in this first game. <laughs> like they said, 49 strikeouts to no uh, walks last year to start the season and then two walks in the first inning of this year. Uh, his second start was very good, uh, played very well against the Cardinals. Brewers also got a 2-1 to one loss against the Cardinals. That's just kind of, you know, the pitching's starting to get round into place. They need to hit more. Uh, everybody's right. kind of hitting below what they normally would except for Tellez, who, you know, Rowdy, Roddy, Piper, Tellez, is uh yeah. is playing pretty well, and we're happy to see him. It was sad to see Vogelbach in uh, black and gold today, but uh, well, he's starting for them though, isn't he? Yeah, I believe, yeah, I believe so. He was he was out good, there today. Good, good, good for today. him because he wasn't going to start on this team. He was so, not. You know, it, it did it did suck seeing Strong bad on the other side, yeah. but uh, I mean, yeah, guys got if guys going to get a starting gig somewhere, you got to go take it. Oh no yeah, matter how bad the team is, well, like so. Casey McGee did uh, when he moved over to the Pirates too. Uh, so yeah, it's. Is what it is. Getting this win is good. Me and Casey McGee now, yeah. <laughs> um, you got to win these ones with the Pirates here. So that's got to. I'm just trying to roll right through with you. You doing that to me? <laughs> but, um, I think they'll they'll win this series. And then you say, yeah, if you win two series, split a series, and lost one on the road, it's a decent start to the year. Um, you just start putting series together. One series, the next series, the one after that, and just keep kind of finding a way to gain momentum as you go. So that's it's okay. Um, the re- one thing I'm most worried about is Devin Williams. Oh yeah. No, I was going to say, and also too, with the bats, the bats are waking up and that's good. Maria still isn't back in the lineup and you figure the, the Brewers is going to add a, add another batter at some point here, but yeah. yes, no, to your concern of Williams. Yeah. That is a concern. Did not look good. The other day it was a six, three game and he gives up two, uh, in the, in the eighth and you're, well, yeah. the game before that, and the game before that, he loaded the bases before striking them out. Yeah, and the, also the game before <laughs> that was the one, or two games before that, where um, Suter now uh, dealing with what, what he's got going on, ran into the, kind of sliding, ran into the um, the railing in front of the Cardinals dugout and hit his head. So let's we'll see how that all plays out, too. So that's, uh, yeah. that's a rough being one. Some, being someone who's in post-concussion right now, yeah, it ain't fun. It ain't fun. Brain fog sucks. Right. Especially if you're a major league pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hoping he comes back uh, well. Uh, we'll see, you know, the Brewers finish out this series, hopefully, and then we'll we'll see how they can move after that. But feeling at least, uh, you know, I have some optimism about this team going forward and what, they, what they're, they're starting to move into. Ball doesn't normally move as well either early on. So for a team like the Brewers that has a bunch of guys who can drive a ball, uh, cold air, the ball doesn't go as far. So it'll. Right. I think this will also be something that gets better as the season goes on. So well, baseball always yeah. starts the season with the loose balls, and when the offenses struggle, then they start introducing the tight balls about mid-May. And so for the summer months, you know that's when we'll get the home run balls introduced. And so, and then closer to the playoffs, then once they figure out who they want to win the World Series, then they'll determine how loose or tight the balls are going to be going to be going through the uh, postseason. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of where we did are. You know Major League, did you know Major League Baseball owns Rawlings? I didn't know that. I guess 
I'm not yeah, sure. I heard that here. today. Huh. They're the ones who make all the baseballs. Right. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have enough time to really do anything particularly in depth on um on the draft this week. Um maybe we'll do a little bit prep next week as we get into it. I still see uh, you know, like I put up a couple and, and if you want to follow me make sure you're, you're looking here, I've been running several different uh, mock drafts. I've been doing them with my son because he'll run two or three uh, a day, it seems. And he sends them to me while, you know, he's in breaks at school. Um, what was the one I just ran the other day? Um, yeah, I got one here. I went, uh, Trevor Penning fell and I picked him in the first round, which would drive everybody crazy. If the Packers went tackle at 22, <laughs> uh, Sky Moore at 28, the wide receiver out of Mich- uh, Western Michigan. Great I picked, uh, yeah, then I picked two of my, uh, well, actually three straight, which are my, uh, <laughs> my draft, uh, my draft crushes for the second and third rounds. So it's Chad Mama, uh, linebacker out of Wyoming, Cameron Thomas, def- or edge player out of San Diego State, and then Tyler Algier out of uh, BYU, running back. If you haven't watched him, there, he has this one great play where his quarterback throws a pick. He, he does the DK Metcalf bit. He mm-hmm. chases down this linebacker from behind, grabs with his left hand, grabs onto the left shoulder, pulls himself, jumps, and then lifts his arm like a superhero. Like comes up mm-hmm. and then punches downward at the football and causes a fumble and his team gets the ball back. It's one of the craziest plays you've ever seen. That dude is straight hustle. I love him. Well, and the last time we took a BYU running back, it worked out just fine. So and I yeah. still wish we had he's, him around. He's a big, heavy dude, too, with good. I mean, he's not A.J. Dillon, but he's A.J. Dillon-like. Um, he can do a lot of that stuff. He can catch. He doesn't go down easily. He's a, he's going to work well. Uh, Hassan Haskins I picked up down in the uh, fifth round. Uh Lacidus Smith out of uh, Tech got him a guard. Uh, even picked up Jack Cohn with a seventh round pick. Just Fantastic. you know, have him just fighting Bankert. Just, just just for the heck of it. Yeah. Um, so never, so my mock my mock draft had the Packers giving up every draft pick for the first overall, and then they went and picked Ricky Williams. But, nice. Uh, nice. Um, and then then I took put a cigar in my mouth and went golfing for the rest of the day. Uh, Ditka. Um, <laughs> It was fun seeing the Packers players reporting for early season voluntary workouts um, in the snow today, though. So that it was is fun. fun. Yeah, I saw some pictures of that, too. Yeah. All right. So I'll keep running some. If you guys follow me, you'll make sure you can see. I keep posting up different. I'm using either the Pro Football Focus or the uh, Draft Network uh, You're apps. You're siding with PFF. Shame on you. No, I just use their thing just because they, they have a decent draft app. There's not Florida really an app. He does, yeah. But um, I keep posting those up, so come take a look at those. If nothing else, you can start seeing some of the names you should be thinking about in the third, fourth, fifth rounds. It's not a good draft, but it's a draft that's strong in the positions the Packers want. And I have to believe at this point that that is because uh, Gutenkunst knows this. And he has mm-hmm. three drafts ahead. And he will draft now what won't be available next year. Mm-hmm. You know, like they drafted Jordan Love. Do you, do you know what? Jordan Love would be the number one quarterback in this draft class. He would be oh, the absolutely. first overall pick this year. Like, no mm-hmm. joke. He just would. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, um, it is, there's nothing for quarterback. There will be like three of them picked in the first round, and I'm not excited by any of them. Um, Demetri, uh Willis isn't good. I watched, the, like I said, the Raging Cajuns just, 
cage him in and make him unable to, to really run or throw, and they aren't an NFL defense. <laughs> like, they're not no. a Big Ten defense. Uh, no, they're a nice team. And but, you watch, yeah. this will be the year that somebody will come out of the th- third or fourth round who'll be a generational quarterback like Russ Wilson <laughs> or Tom Brady. That's how it's going to happen. You know, like five years from now, we're going to be like, who knew that guy was going to be that great? That's, It'll be Jack Cohn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no seventh round quarterback is ever worth a poop. Let's just yeah, uh, still we'll see. <laughs> that's that's truth. I don't know. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us this week. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll get a little bit more bucks next uh, week when we come back here. Maybe they'll be done with the series already. It might uh, be, and then we'll start getting ready for the draft because that'll be coming up quick here at the end of the month. So several things to go, and we got uh, Brewers baseball going, and we'll see where we all wind up here. And uh, thank you for joining us again. As I said, follow me at Not So Humble Host. Follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. Uh, I f- what was the name of he's he's got the um, Coach Bud face. Is it at uh, Coach Bud face? I think yeah. it is Coach you, Bud face. If you look yes. up uh, Milwaukee's best M K E F B E S T, you'll you'll find it on there too. I'm following Coach Bud face. So you can do that. Uh, remember, follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. And remember, whether you're on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.